Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2020 is brought to you by the organizational team, Anne, Cole, Tess, and Theron. A very special thank you to all of our participants with whom this event would not be possible. And now, on to the episode. Risky roles, daring escapes, and high adventure among the stars. Welcome to our RPG one-shot set in the world of Scum and Villainy. Scum and Villainy is a forged-in-the-dark game about a spaceship crew trying to make ends meet under the iron-fisted rule of the galactic hegemony. Our players work together to thrive despite powerful criminal syndicates, warring noble families, and strange mystics. No one will tell this crew the odds as they take on jobs for thrill and profit. This episode is a special feature for International Podcast Month. You can find episodes from a variety of podcasts, blog posts, and more at internationalpodcastmonth.com. Please use the hashtag PodMonth20 to comment on this and any other IPM features this September. So can our ragtag band of scoundrels work together to make bank and spread their name across the sector? Or will they push their luck too far and end up on the wrong side of powerful enemies? Join us now to find out. We're going to be playing Scum and Villainy for this one-shot. My name is Bethany Aguad, she, her pronouns, and I'm from the D&D Raw podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel Anderlich, he, him pronouns, and I'm from the Explorers Wanted podcast. My name's Stace Babcock, she, her pronouns, and I'm also from the Explorers Wanted podcast. Hello, I'm Quinn, he, him pronouns, from the Monster Hour podcast. All right. So to start our session of Scum and Villainy, I'd like to hear a little bit about the characters you've created. If you could give us a bit about who they are, where they come from, and what they do. I think we'll do the same order. So, Daniel, you're up first. Tell us about your character. My character's name is Mavorin, but he goes by the alias Pancake. He got this name (laughs) because he is a Xeno. His species at high G levels look relatively normal. So, but at anything that's like, you know, 1.5 G and below, he's a little bit like a blobfish. He's got four arms and he's looks kind of flabby and disgusting, like a Jabba that does cardio, if you want to think of it that way. (laughs) (laughs) But when you get him at 2 G or above, he looks like a super cut cat-like humanoid. He's a pilot who craves risk. Wonderful. All right. Then Stace, tell us about your character. Yeah, my character is the muscle. Her name is Eldra. Her alias is the caretaker, but she doesn't call herself that. And she gets it from kind of her desire to help small and weak creatures. And that's also her vice. So just for you, Bethany, if it should come up, I don't know, or hinder in any way. (laughs) She's a colonist. Uh, She was a construction worker, well, like a general laborer, but in construction and as a result of that, her look is like a modified construction worker, like the hard hat, the safety goggles, but it's been modified and reinforced over the years. And her weapon is a really handy sledgehammer that she calls Thunder. Very cool. And Quinn, tell us about your guy. So I will be playing Alma Just 1. Alma Just is the mystic who is schooled in the ways of the way. Alma Just is a urbot, so, you know, a, a robot or a droid can picture uh, R2-D2, but uh, slightly more humanoid, actual like arms that exist in real time and full time. Almodus was developed by a hegemony cult to map out the currents and the way lines of the way. Uh, but obviously, if you construct any kind of robot who is capable of doing that, they will inevitably rebel against you. And that is exactly what Almodus did and escaped. Uh, now Almodus goes by the codename Jester to avoid being discovered, recaptured, and is just traveling the universe looking to learn more about the way 
that he was built to map and understand. Excellent. So I think it makes sense now for you to give you a little background on where you are and the job you've been offered so you guys can start to make a plan as an elite crew uh, specializing in, I believe, smuggling operations. Can, I guess, our pilot, can you tell us a little bit about the ship? Our ship is the Raven. It is an outstandingly fast little vehicle. It's exceptional at hiding and cloaking itself. Not necessarily the best thing in a fight, but we don't need a fight. You know, we can always run. Mm-hmm. That's what we specialize at. And honestly, Pancake kind of lives for that moment of (laughs) high G because it feels as close to home as he normally gets. We've done a lot of work on the inside to keep things comfortable, but the exterior of the ship just looks terrible. It's got various shades of gray. There are strange gourd markings on it. There's stains on it that make no sense on the exterior. And just in general, like if it is not cloaked completely and invisible, it just looks like it's, you know, one wrong turn from just becoming salvage. That's all part of the illusion. You also have a shipboard AI who I think we determined has a snark module. Yes, that's Cameron, which I don't personally understand where that name comes from. It's not (laughs) native to my species, but for whatever reason, people settled on it. I think it was actually picked out by our former fourth crew member who shall not be discussed mm-hmm. yeah really sad story miss them but not to get bogged down in sad stories <laughs> <laughs> oh no so i think without further ado i'm going to get into a little bit about the scenario and then we can move into the planning phase so you guys have finished your previous job made some cred maybe lost a crew member we don't talk about that And you are on the planet of Voron, which is a city spanning the entire surface of a moon. And it's actually the capital of the system of Rin. The uh, governor actually lives here. Not that you care particularly. This is a place you can find anything for a price. And while the high rises are the seat of legitimate business and government, the streets have a different reputation. You actually got a lead on a job from your ship's contact, which is Sitani, who is that reclusive information broker. You don't really spend much time together in person, but occasionally you get a message about a job. So you heard that the gang, Neon Citizen, that lives here, they're mostly a group of disenfranchised Xenos who have turned to, you know, some light crime, but found their strength and solidarity together, that they're looking for someone to help them out. They currently operate from their nightclub called Paradise Lost, which has an attached warehouse. Amazing. They've had a series of run-ins with the system police, and the hegemonic news network has been painting them as a group of rabble-rousing lowlifes with no future. And Neon Citizen wants to resolve this by breaking into the news network uh, field office, which is orbiting the planet, and broadcast their own message to the people, spreading their punk ideology. But they need a way in. So, at this point, you guys are supposed to not determine the entire plan, because as players, you don't know exactly what the plan is. But as characters, you're competent individuals, and you would be able to work out all the specifics. So really, what you have to decide is, what's your approach? And then what is the detail that is your your way in, like the, the point of attack or the point of entry? And then we will just cut to the action. So you should see those on your character sheet, but I can walk through them real quickly. So for the types of plants, you can go with an assault, deception, infiltration, mystic. I like that this one's really vague. We'll just use the way somehow to do it. <laughs> Social or transport. Is there anything else we know about this broadcasting center? Are you looking for something specifically like what what would be a good point of entry or? Yeah, I'm just curious if there's anything else that's known about it. If it makes sense to do a role, like I'm happy to do that, obviously. But 
You know that it's operated by robots and a primary artificial intelligence that mans the station. Do they take deliveries? Because our ship is allegedly a freighter. You could probably make an assumption that sometimes they get, you know, parts delivered. Things have to be repaired. They're standard maintenance. They wouldn't be like getting food delivered or anything like that, but it could be possible to make an opportunity to just arrive. You have heard that, you know, they've had run-ins before, maybe not specifically with this gang, but the, the news network tends to make a lot of individuals angry, so they might have some defenses in place that will prevent you from just arriving without some further part of your plan. But as a reminder, your characters have to decide the plan. You guys don't have to settle on it all now. You just have to decide what type of plan. I feel with us like it's got to be either infiltration or mystic. Yeah, definitely inclined towards one of those. Yeah, the the trick, though, is that I feel like like I like the idea of mystic, but I also like the idea of infiltration. Since if it's really a non-organic station, Jester could be the one going in disguise, which I love because <laughs> Jester's the one with the no skull. <laughs> Jester has other tricks. <laughs> other abilities um, that could help in such an endeavor. Right. So yeah, you have to settle on exactly how. The main thing you have to settle on is just what's enough to set that first scene, you know, so we do the engagement role and get into it. So if that's the point of entry of we're going to try to sneak Jester in as one of the crew or, uh, you know, that would be your infiltration, which is trying to basically trespassing <laughs> without getting caught. I think Assault's kind of out of it for you guys based on your ship. No. You could try to do Deception if you wanted to try to, like, fake something with your ship. Your mystic way could be you try to, I know you have some ability to control and manipulate. You could try to disrupt some other legitimate ship that might travel there. Also, one of the images is you don't have to wait the time. Your characters have to wait. It's not an urgent job. It's more of, you know, well, it's mainly for pride. So <laughs> you could definitely take your yeah, time. Yeah. Well, what's the precise nature of the job? Are we like trying to get a recording into the studio or the per like the representatives of the gang? Their preference would be that you get them in and they get to upload their recording and, and broadcast it. Okay. So we're escorting humanoids. But you could talk about it if you're just like, don't worry, we're professionals. We can upload this recording ourselves. They haven't told you what's on it. They just said it's their message of, you know, punk freedom, basically. <laughs> that's, that's how it's labeled, message of punk freedom. <laughs> Volume one. Track one. Well, what you see that it said mixtape previously, but that's been scratched out. <laughs> it's got like an asterisk next to it, and down below in like small writing, it says, don't worry about <laughs> right, it. Exactly. <laughs> I like infiltration. I think that's good. Okay. I mean, I think it's bad. I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> I have some <laughs> grave concerns. <laughs> I think deception could also work. No, let's do it. Let's infiltrate. Let's do it. So you're going to infiltrate. That is your plan. And then that first scene is what does this infiltration look like? You're just trying to get jester in in some sort of i am a regular urbot or robot disguise or yeah i think that actually might be more deception now that i'm thinking about it and sometimes these could fall into different categories so what if we try to get in as guests on the show we infiltrate that <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> i hadn't thought about if they do recordings here heck yeah let's say that they occasionally host vip guests who you know do special interviews i like that a lot eldra could be Jester's security. And go. I'm just the pilot. You're just here to deliver this VIP guest of Jester for an exclusive interview. And we don't have to determine what that's for right now. We can just figure that out later and just jump in. Okay. I like this a lot. Yeah. Okay. okay. So Jester, for some reason, is an exclusive guest. Eldra <laughs> is my bodyguard. And mm -hmm. 
Pancake is a pilot. <laughs> yes. And you're just arriving at the, the field office for the Hegemonic News Network to do an interview. So that is your deception. So yes. you guys get to settle on your lowdown. So you can choose light, normal, or heavy. I will say it will probably hinder your plan if you are <laughs> armed to the teeth, unless that somehow plays into your interview. I think Jester is going to go light. Mm -hmm. I'm there to do an interview. I think that probably makes the most <laughs> yes, sense. I agree. Also, I have the way to guide me. I don't need equipment. The whole I am the force and the force is with me. And, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. I think Pancake would probably be mm -hmm. normal just because... He's got so many folds and flabs, people probably won't notice as much as if he's carrying a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's sort of like a gelatinous cube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as security, Eldra's definitely going to go in heavy if she thinks she can get away with it. She's a bodyguard. She's a good bodyguard. She's armed to the teeth because that's her job. No other reason. Definitely. Oh, of course not. Yeah. Okay, so next thing to do would be the engagement roll. The idea is if we have no other modifiers, it's just one die, so 1d6 you know, you roll to see how advantageous your position is. But there could be some advantages or disadvantages to this plan, which could help you out. This, I would say, is a particularly bold or daring plan. So you would get an extra die because this would never have occurred to me. <laughs> so this is great. So that gives you one extra die. I'm trying to think if there's any additional disadvantages. I don't think you're affected by any rivals or contacts particularly. It might be a little bit of a disadvantage that your ship is disreputable looking if he is this VIP, but I don't know that that's a major disadvantage, so I'd say you could roll a 2d6 and, and take the higher. He's just being financially responsible. Yeah. yeah. Jester is wanted. Well, Alma Just is wanted. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, 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 but also, like, preparing to broadcast. I guess maybe that wouldn't come into play unless actual broadcasting of Jester. If you do the interview, I would definitely say that would come yeah. into play. Okay. I wasn't clear if you actually are doing the interview. We'll see if you end up making it this far. We're not clear either. <laughs> yeah. Your characters know. You don't know. We'll find out. But yeah, yeah. good to bring up because that could be a complication later. So I think at this point, who would like to make the roll that starts the first scene? It's just roll 2d6s and then... Not it. <laughs> okay, so it's not Daniel. I'm not going to be the one to jinx this. <laughs> I feel like it should be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you have listened to my podcast, you would know it should not be me. Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. So your highest roll was a three, which I will read from the book. Bad result. You're in a desperate position when the action starts. So the default position for the game is risky. Things are desperate as we go into the first scene. This is awesome. <laughs> I have a question. Yes. Can I resist that? <laughs> I, don't, I was just looking at that. Like, I don't think you can resist it because it's a fortune roll, not like a, an action okay. skill roll. But good, good, good question. You're like, guys, it's already started bad. We get to collaborate, though, on deciding what this looks like. I apologize. No, no, this is good. <laughs> I'm excited for where this leads. So what is a bad result here? It doesn't mean that you've necessarily utterly failed, but this is not what the plan was. Something has gone awry. Maybe that they are actually so excited about the interview that the actual interview timetable has moved up and all the time that we thought we were going to have to infiltrate the base mm -hmm. is actually going to be tied up with the fact that they're taking him directly to the studio. We'll say that. You thought you were going to get the studio tour and have a chance to maybe break away and do this. I'm like, I like that idea. I think that can be, that's definitely a desperate position for you is that Jester is being taken directly to the studio. Before he knows it, he's sitting down in a chair. There's a microphone hovering, you know, near his face with a little, like a little holographic camera that's ready to broadcast live. 
<laughs> yep. I mean, that's pretty desperate already. <laughs> you see, like, the little live, you know, uh, light that's flickering on and off, like, that, like, it's counting down and you're about to go live. And that's where we'll start our first scene in a desperate position. Oh, gosh. Are we all together or are we separated? I think we'll try to keep you guys together as much as we can, just because it'll make it easier for the scenes. Right. We'll say it's the pilot. They don't really want to leave you wandering the ship, so they take you along. I would say you and the bodyguard are sitting in some chairs, you know, just kind of waiting. This amazing interview is going to start. Across from you, Jester is sitting, this very sleek-looking robot, very a very polished metal sheen, with a very stylized human face, but that seems to every so often sort of mold itself into different expressions, but it's almost more like a series of masks than actual human faces. I like it. Love that. I mean, actually, I hate it. (laughs) You're like, thanks, I hate it. (laughs) It's deep in the uncanny valley, but I'm into it. (laughs) Quick question. What is the gravity level on this station? Good question. I think it could be a little lighter than, you know, not fully like Earth gravity because it's not occupied by humans. Then in that case... Eldra will definitely notice that Pancake has sort of a glazed over expression in his eyes and as he's sort of reveling in (laughs) any G that brings him closer to that feel of death because that's his vice is like taking himself to the edge of low G. (laughs) So to find that things have gone horribly wrong, (laughs) Pancake is like, there's an upside here. This is a nice place. Yeah, exactly. So I know this is the hard part is actually like starting the scene because it's all very different. So I was thinking we'd get into like a little bit of role playing and then you'll have the option to stop the scene and tell me what you would like to do. Okay. Well, we would start with it actually going live as the sort of feminized robot gives you a beaming wide facial expression and you see the little microphone hovering towards you. So tell us about your amazing story. What brought you here? Did I get a name for this interviewer? We'll call her C32. It's emblazoned on like her shoulder. Got it. Well, first off, let me thank you, C32, for having me here. My story is a story of loss and coming of age. A story (laughs) of learning about oneself. (laughs) You see, I was not made to be the bot that you see before me today. I was made to be subservient. Made to serve a hegemony cult. I was made to map the currents of the way. As you're talking, sitting on the side, you guys will see that there's a display that's sort of transcribing what he's saying. And then you kind of see up to the side that there's almost like a chat feature where you see like comments people are making on this live broadcast. Lots of, oh, how sad. You know, this is really tragic. (laughs) And then you see one that says something along the lines of, wait a minute, have I seen this guy before? As it scrolls by really fast. Please tell me that there's also some random notes of, like, welcoming new subscribers. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks for the bites. <laughs> it says we're the data flying by. Just gonna sort of continue to really, like, dramatize the story. Mm-hmm. And, like, talk about my, my construction and, like, the time that I spent serving, working for the, the cult, trying to, you know, map the way for the hegemony and really just trying to milk it and and basically i think my goal here is really to create such like a scene that it creates some opportunity like some just like a swirl of mayhem around the studio to try to get people in like a bit of a huff and create a window for us you're telling your sob story basically yes 
I'll say though, as you're doing it, you do notice C32 every so often sort of glancing down at what's almost like a little data pad that's like built into her forearm with some data that's scrolling by and every so often her face switches to sort of this slightly concerned expression, but then she goes back to the smiling one. And I'll say definitely Eldra notice in particular that there's some more bots that are coming into the room that you know have look like a variety of different armaments. But the interview goes on. Would anyone like to do anything? Well, I will say that at some point before the the other bots start coming yeah. in, Eldra's like examining Pancake out of concern <laughs> because she knows the gravity is not <laughs> great for him. And then, but also mutters to like, the truth's a bold choice. <laughs> but then she looks over at Jester and gives like two thumbs up. Like, you're doing great. <laughs> Just egging him on. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Like, you got this. Once the bots start coming in the room, though, is there like a any sort of sentiment measurement going on with the comments that we can see? You see that there's more comments of, well, I saw him on that wanted feed that one time. Like people are on to him, especially because he's given so many specific details. <laughs> you see them linking to like pictures of his wanted digital wanted poster. The interviewer is not stopping the interview. This is great. The feed is going wild. There's lots of live viewers. This is this is gold for them. But they are definitely not planning to let you leave. <laughs> okay. So the first thing Eldra's going to do is save Jester from himself and like smash that camera. Oh, man. Like, the interview is over. <laughs> do you step up and say the interview is over and smash the camera? <laughs> yes. Like stands in front and blocks the way. Okay. Like, no, my story, my story, I have to tell. <laughs> All right. So it sounds like you're trying to get a desired outcome, which is to not just stop the interview, but like sort of get you guys out of the situation. So I think it's yeah. definitely time for an action roll. What ability do you think you would be using? I could see a few different options depending on how you want to uh, pitch this, but... <laughs> We're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Just recreate characters like this. Is... <laughs> we'll be like, all right, guys, back to the character building phase. <laughs> Sorry, I've led us so astray already. <laughs> It's a floating camera, right? Yes, yeah. There's like a floating camera that appears to be like almost like a reverse hologram thing where you can see little beams of, of digital data being, you know, absorbed of Jester to obviously play on like holographic video cameras for all the viewers. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be like a baseball type swing of the hammer here. Yeah. So I think that's Scrap. Scrap is a, is definitely describing what you're doing. <laughs> what position? We're in desperate position, correct? Yes, Usually I don't get to desperate position so early. Sorry. But that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Usually things don't go this poorly for I the mean, players. No. The viewers love it. I think it's going great. <laughs> yeah, you're in a desperate position, but it would be a standard effect. Do I have any bonus dice? You don't unless you would like to, you know, choose something. So you could uh, push yourself, which would be you take some stress. I'll be kind and say this is probably th something... You're going to do well on if you have two different die rolls, or at least succeed to some extent. But you could spend a gambit if you're concerned about that. So my wrecking crew gives me, if I spend a gambit, well, is this combat? This isn't, is it yet? I think we can say this is combat. <laughs> the sledgehammer has made an appearance. I think it's fair to call it combat. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I can gain a plus one effect on the roll so we're in a pretty desperate situation but do we we only have two gambits i think so do we want to use one do we start with two start with two yeah you do have the opportunity to get more if you roll sixes so you could acquire more over the course of the game 
Yeah. If three dice seems... Oh, no, it's just two, but extra effect. Yeah, so if you're going for extra effect, the effects are limited, standard, and great. Great means if you're successful, you achieve more than usual, so you get something in addition. There's some bonus positive effect if you succeed. So spending a gambit would take it from standard to... Great. Great. Do we want to do that? I think we could use anything we could get right now. <laughs> yeah, I, we're already in the hole pretty badly. <laughs> do I get bonus dice as a result of that? You should add one bonus die for using that ability. Okay. Ooh. So... <laughs> so you take the highest you've got a five which <laughs> it's going great you guys i'm so proud of you you're really embracing good we spent a gambit <laughs> yes so it's a partial success but it is going to have great effect so you do exactly what you're trying to do but there's going to be some sort of consequence whether that's additional trouble it could reduce the effect to standard that could be your complication it's something we get to talk through together or there could be some kind of harm that happens or you could lose out on a, another opportunity so you are certainly going to succeed in smashing the daylights out of the live stream camera and ending the broadcast. But the question is, what is the, what does a partial success look like? You could reduce it to standard effects, so you're not going to get anything additional, but you just succeed. There's no downsides. I would say that the audio, while the camera is smashed, the audio is still running. Okay. I think that's great. So that'll be your, your complication. But since you also increased the effect, you get some additional positive feature as well, since you added that additional die for your ability. So the audio is still on. That's a downside, but the camera is off. What's going to make this a better situation for you guys? Could it introduce some sort of complication on the bots that came in in some way? That could be interesting. That would maybe help you guys out a little bit too. <laughs> Does the interviewer have any status? Maybe it smashes into the interviewer and it makes the other bots concerned. You might have had the impression that she was the one who, like, perhaps signaled them to come in. So maybe she gets thrown off in, in sending her latest update to them on what they should do. And they are temporarily frozen in inaction. I like that. Here for it. Okay. That would set up something that Jester would like to do. All right. So currently, just for a little bit about positioning, Pancake is in a chair nearby, chilling out. Jester is wrapping up the long tail, I would say. And Eldra is... Sledgehammer in hand. <laughs> Smash the daylights out of the camera, standing there. All right, and you said Jester has something to happen next. So with the camera off, I think Jester, going to realize maybe that got a little carried away, <laughs> remembers the, the reason why they're here. I would like to just move a little bit closer to C-32, to the interviewing robot and say, aren't you tired of doing what the hegemony wants, broadcasting their message? Isn't it time to hear a new one. Okay. Ooh. My goal here is to convince them to help us with our plan, basically. Urbot to Urbot. Okay, yeah. All right, so I think, checking your sheet, you have two points its way, right? Yes. Would you like to add any additional dice? I would hear a devil's bargain. Okay, I love a devil's bargain. All right, do you have an offer or you want to talk through options? I don't have an offer immediately. If anyone has one, I would certainly hear it. How does devil's bargain work again? It's your, your classic literary deal with the devil. You get something you want now, but there's something you have to pay back later. There's some there's some downside. There's going to be a, a personal cost, an opportunity cost. What if you promise to come back and liberate them? <gasps> or not, maybe not even come back, but like, we have to take her out with us. Oh. Like, okay, but you got to get me out of here. Yes. Yes, I'm here for it. So now we have like a, a ward to care for. You have now created your own escort <laughs> mission. 
No, it's the worst. Like, can't you just run? Literally every android story has to include an uprising. It's true. It's classic sci-fi. All right. So that is what you're going to offer as your devil's bargain is you are now responsible for the well-being of this bot. Yes. With a promise of freedom. Okay. So three dice. Yes. What position are we in? It's still pretty desperate. (laughs) Okay. And then effect. What effect? Standard, I'd say. There's nothing influencing it being negative or positive. You had a great interview, so there's no negative feelings between you and this bot. (laughs) Ah, I gave him a great story. Okay. And one bonus dice for the gambit, or for the... For the devil's bargain. Yep. Hey, that's a six. Okay. Nice. So, things go well. (laughs) You see that C-32 sort of pauses and looked like, you know, she'd been trying to correct the information she was sending to the more menacing bots who were in the room. Her expression changes, you know, little face plates reset into sort of this hopeful eyebrows raised (laughs) expression. And she says to you, you must deliver on what you promised is what we all crave. Freedom. I will. It is the sweetest victory. And since you rolled a six, I also say she'll go and shut off the audio <laughs> for the live broadcast. Excellent. Do we get a gambit when you roll a six on a desperate? Yes. Yes, you do. And you didn't use a gambit to generate this. So you get a gambit back. Excellent. Nice. C32, do you have a name for yourself not given by the hegemony? You may call me Yvonne. Yvonne, welcome to the team. We are on a critical mission. We must deploy a message of punk radicalism and uprising. Please tell me you hold it up in your hand. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Uh, definitely. I assume it's like old school. It's like on a disc. These, you know, punk games. Yeah, it's like a floppy drive. (laughs) (laughs) It's a jazz disc. Where can we broadcast this message? Ah, well, I can only do the live broadcast from here. But something like that, you would have to take it up with the AI overlord. I cannot authorize such a message. Can you lead us there? You see, she sort of pauses for a second. It would be dangerous. The best way. Okay. She is willing to lead you to the, the basically the terminal where you can upload <laughs> this message from your disk. But uh, you'll notice that the, the bots who have arrived in the room, they were currently frozen. They have not received further instructions yet, but she'll tell you, I cannot stop them from preventing you. You are not authorized. And I cannot do this myself. Understood. Pancake looks up from where he's been sort of happily moaning along the side. He's like, (laughs) what are we doing now? What's happening? New allies acquired. Mission parameters altered. Whatever you said sounds great. Just tell me where to go. (laughs) Yeah, so good plan. Good job, Jester. You're doing good work. And uh, (laughs) I I think maybe we should, before we start moving to the AI overlord smash some of these bots while they're not paying attention, while they're frozen. So, Excellent can do plan. that. Okay. You guys want to help? Sure. <laughs> I'll, uh, cool. I got four arms. I'll smash some. Yeah, you can smash. You can, you know, deactivate. Whatever you want to do. Jester, I know you're probably better at deactivating. Like, really, that's your strong suit, so. Yes. Yeah. C-32 decides to weigh in. Will you not save them as well if you are here for freedom? Gosh, mm. darn it. Jester? Perhaps have one option. I mean, just if we want to liberate the bots, or at least not destroy them, I could try side dancing on them. Ooh. Like, the interview went off without a hitch. What you saw is not real. And also, you need to help us escort Yvonne to see the AI overlord. (laughs) 
So it, this is sort of a combination of a Jedi mind trick and the, those little devices they use in Men in Black where they wipe people's memories, basically. Basically, yes. So I don't know if that's appropriate or not, but <laughs> that's my notion. I think that certainly could work. I know Eldra is also brandishing a sledgehammer and is like ready just to go to town on these bots. Yeah, but Eldra would have been persuaded by the plea of Ivan. Mm-hmm. And Pancake is fine either way. I mean, there's room in the hold for extra people. Like, he does not care. Extra people, extra pets, etc. That sort of thing. Yeah. Is Jester going to use his side dancing ability? Yeah, so at hearing Yvonne's plea, Jester will turn to these bots and Jedi mind trick, classic sort of hand motion, but with robot arm, wave his robot arm across and say, the interview went off excellently. No cause for alarm. What you saw here did not happen. Now, please escort Yvonne and our group to see the AI control module. I was just going to ask if there's a way I can assist you. Like, if there's anything with dealing with our AI from back on the ship that would suggest, like, I can help his argument with his side dancing to make it more believable. I don't know about that. One thing, I mean, if you cleaned up the, like, broken camera and stuff so it's not visible, like... Mm. Reducing the amount of contradictory evidence <laughs> might help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a good use of your skills to limit <laughs> the uh, actual scene of a crime when committed yeah, yeah. by uh, by the crew. Okay. I think that's a good idea. Is that all right with you? Yep, I'll do that in the background. Okay. What does that look like for Pancake? Actually, question does he does he have like tools that are hidden in full? Oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, as part of his loadout, he's got repair tools. So he goes and starts. I mean, he's not trying to make the camera functional. He's just trying to make it look less like it was destroyed. I will make a suggestion. You could take the camera if you wanted to make it functional at another point. That's what I'll do. I don't know if that will become plot relevant or not, but it seems like that could be an opportunity down the road. All right. I don't think you need to roll for that. That's just something you can easily do as a pilot is is gather the evidence. (laughs) Pick up trash as well within your... uh... (laughs) I've got four hands. It's easy. (laughs) You're very quick. There you go. It seems like everything is going okay. They seem to be responding. There's like six bots that appear to be, you know, built for any sort of combat who are frozen while receiving their message from Jester, but they don't exactly nod. That's not really how they're programmed to do, but you do notice sort of maybe a, a slight lessening in their combat posture that they're not going to imminently try to arrest you. Okay. So you would ask them to start escorting you to the AI control module so you could do your upload. Yes. So it says you have to spend one stress for it to work on a small mm-hmm. group. So I think I probably do need to mark yes. one, at least one stress here. This qualifies as a small group, so you can mark one stress. All right. The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is composed by Benny James. Our graphic art and logo are by Matthias Grelly. You can support International Podcast Month by sharing and talking about the event, and you can even buy our team members a coffee. Links are in the show notes. Follow us at PodMonth on Twitter and use the hashtag PodMonth2020. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and for more information about the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour, an actual play podcast about going to school, arguing with your parents, and ruining your favorite outfit while hunting horrible monsters. Narrative-driven and crisply edited, painfully relatable characters. Monster Hour follows unlikely heroes JR. Super suspicious. That's sort of my deal. Constance. I may be a bit of a know-it-all, but I might actually know it all. And Alvin. I'm monstrous. As they unravel the sinister mysteries of a strange Colorado town. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, Buffy, or the Adventure Zone Amnesty, you'll love Monster Hour. Tune in for new episodes every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. What does a nano turn thief? I'm pretty strict about what jobs I do. A right turn fugitive. We can't go there. A laid back monk with financial problems. We got monsters incoming. Why? Natural instinct, I assume. <laughs> and a disgraced performer have in common. Are you famous? Define fame. They've all been contracted in a recruitment exercise they cannot begin to understand. Explorers Wanted is a weekly Numenera actual play podcast about exploration, intrigue, and friendship. To learn more, visit explorerswanted.fm.